Hi, and welcome to the Self Carved Podcast. My name is Ivana Ritchie, and I'm here to bring you the most amazing, mind blowing self love content. I am a self love coach. I help women just like you heal their trauma and love themselves so they can step into their full power and create the life of their dreams. I really hope you will love it here. I'll be showing up every week bringing you self-love content to aid your journey. You matter. Let's do this. Let's start off with my definition of self-talk. My definition of self-talk is that it's a reactiveness to our thoughts. Negative self-talk in particular, which is what we're talking about today, is a reactiveness to our thoughts. And as I'm saying things that you're like, okay, that makes sense, or I wanna remember that, or I don't have my notebook here, write it in the comments, like use the comment box as your notes. So negative self-talk is a reactiveness to our thoughts. The way that we react to our thoughts is negative self-talk, okay? Self-talk in general, has the neutral ability to, for us to either react or respond to our thoughts, okay? So when we talk about uplifting self-talk or empowering self-talk or positive self-talk, that would be a response, a response to our thoughts, our responsiveness. Does that make sense? So negative self-talk is a reactiveness to our thoughts. Make sure you write that down so you remember that. And the reason why I'm saying that is going to make sense throughout this masterclass because we really want to make sure that we understand why we're speaking to ourselves the way we're speaking to ourselves because a lot of people don't understand why they're speaking to themselves the way they're speaking to themselves and then they write a bunch of affirmations and they look themselves in the mirror and they're saying these affirmations every day but they don't feel any different Okay, and I love affirmations. I've created a bunch of affirmation cards. It's not about that. It's about how we utilize the tools that we have in our toolbox. Okay, I had a client recently tell me that she hasn't even started the self-talk workbook that she bought when we first released it three years ago. And then she took full ownership. She said, maybe if I would have actually worked through it the proper way, and if I actually would have done it, I would have changed the way I speak to myself, right? So we have a bunch of stuff in our toolbox but we don't utilize them. And many times we don't utilize them effectively. And therefore our life remains the the same. And a lot of people give up, right? So today the whole purpose is to to dive deeper, to get to the root of why you speak to yourself the way you do. Okay. And I want you to be interactive because I'm going to ask you a lot of questions because coaching is not so much about coaching is really not about me giving you advice or telling you what to do. It's about me bringing the answers out of you, right? And even when we get to the last part, when I'm going to give you some helpful strategies, I'm going to still ask you questions because all the questions, all the answers that you're looking for, all the coaches that you're going to, all the seminars you're going to, all the books that you're reading, right? You're looking for something and that is amazing. There's amazing tools on your journey. But a good coach, a good mentor, a good therapist is going to help you to bring the answers out of you so you feel empowered enough to live your life in a more powerful way and you don't feel dependent on anyone. Not your spouse, not your kids, not your partner, not your friends, not even your coach, not your mentor. You can do it. You can do it on your own 
but you're like, I want more. I want to expand more. I want to grow more because I choose to. That's different, right? So we want to get you to a place where you're like, okay, I can navigate through some of these things on my own. But when I need, when I want support, when I feel pulled and called to move to the next level, when I want to invest in myself, then I'm going to move in that direction. Let me know if that makes sense. Carrie said, your thoughts are the source of your emotions and mood. The conversations you have with yourself can be destructive or beneficial. They influence how you feel about yourself and how you respond to events in your life. Carrie, yes, yes, absolutely. I love it. Uh, Lakeisha said, first time watching you live. Hi from Sacramento. Hello, I'm so happy you're here. I'm so happy you're here. Donna said, get to the heart, um, to the heart level and own it so you can change it. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so that's great. Now I'm gonna ask you a few questions and I want you to answer them here on the live. So first of all, I wanna ask you, what does your negative self-talk sound like? What does it sound like? Be honest with yourself. Like, what does it sound like in your head? And maybe it's a confusing question, but I want you to think about it real quick. Don't think into it, don't overthink it. Like, what does it sound like? Mean girl, great. Just whatever comes to you, like whatever the first thing that comes to you, share that. So mean girl, comment. What else? What does your negative self-talk sound like? And I'm bringing these things out of you so that when you continue on from this masterclass, you're gonna start being more aware you're going to start being more aware of what's happening in here. And when we're more aware, what can we do? We can create more long-lasting changes. Mean girl, I bring myself down. Unworthy, never good enough. I compare myself, right? Powerful answers. Not worthy of success. See? Okay. What else do we have? Not worthy of money. Great answers. So not worthy of success, not worthy of money. I compare myself unworthy, not good enough. I bring myself down, mean girl, doubting my abilities as a coach, right? So, so much. So we want to know what it sounds like, okay? So this is what it sounds like. This is what I'm doing to myself. And I know majority of you know that we create our own reality, whether or not we want to admit it or not. So if we have this constant mean girl, feeling like we're not worthy of always comparing ourselves, if that's the core that, it, like if that's the main thing that is going on in our mind, then what is gonna happen in our external world? How are we gonna open up to the opportunities and the people that can help us thrive? How are we gonna open ourselves fully up to love? How are we gonna open up to receive, right? So all of these things that we're seeing in our, in our external world is really a reflection of how we interact with our thoughts. And that's why I'm saying you can either be responsive to your thoughts, and that's more like the uplifting, the beneficial, the positive self-talk, or you can be reactive to your self-talk and then it becomes destructive, it becomes negative, okay? Self-talk is something you do naturally throughout your waking hours. I have become more aware of that positive self-talk, that it's a powerful tool for increasing your self-confidence and curbing negative emotions. That's so powerful, okay. So let's move on. What is it? Okay, so we talked about what does it sound like? Now, I want to ask you, whom does it sound like? Whom does your negative sound, self-talk, sound talk, so, sound like? 
Does it sound like you? Or does it sound like your mother? Does it sound like your father? Does it sound like someone you can't stand? Does it sound like your child? Does it sound like the younger version of you? Like, whom does it sound like? I want you to be crystal clear with that. My inner child, powerful. So you know what it sounds like, then you know whom it sounds like, okay? Like my cousins, okay? Powerful. So my inner child, like my cousins, who else? Anybody else have any answers? What comes up? Like what's the first thing that comes to mind? Because I bet you majority of you are gonna say it sounds like someone else. And the more you start seeing your self-talk for what it truly is, the more you start distancing yourself from it, the more you start becoming aware of what's going on, the more power you're gonna start taking back to yourself. Because what happens is we get stuck in this trance, we get so used to it, that we start believing this is just who I am. The way I speak to myself, this is who I am, I deserve this, I'm just responding to who I am as a person. So we think that our negative self-talk often is a response to who we are, but it's not. Liz said, it sounds like my mom, a stranger that didn't know me. Mm. So you understand why forgiveness and healing is so powerful? Because someone you've never met, someone you've never interacted with can live rent-free in your head and speak to you on a daily basis in such a way that your life is completely destructive where you're not able to achieve or do the things that you really love to do because someone else is living inside of your head. But if we don't bring all that out and if we're afraid to look at it because it's painful, because if I really recognize and I acknowledge that it's my mom, a stranger that never knew me, who speaks inside of my mind, that's gonna cause a lot of pain. That's gonna bring up a lot of suppressed emotions. That's gonna force me to do some inner work and that's painful. And that's the very reason why most people stay on the surface level, because they know if I truly look at it for what it is, that means I'm gonna see things in a different way. I'm gonna start bringing things to light and then I have to work on them. And not everybody's willing to do that. Donna said, whoever is in the driver's seat at the moment, okay? So it can be different people. That's powerful. So maybe sometimes it's my brother, sometimes it's my mom, sometimes it's my cousin, sometimes it's my inner child, right? So we wanna be able to distinguish that. So when we're speaking to ourselves, when you get so good at this, you can be like, oh, this is not me. This has nothing to do with me. This is my mom speaking right now. Oh, okay, thanks mom, or whatever you say to yourself. I'm ready to move on, however you get through that at that very moment, okay? Sounds like myself being so hard on me. Yes, strangers. Okay, thank you ladies for sharing that. Now, we wanna ask, we wanna answer, what does it feel like? What does your self-talk feel like? Like, what does it feel like in your body? What, what does it do to your nervous system? How does it feel like? Just the first thing that comes to mind. I know I'm asking you a lot of questions, but there is a purpose for it, okay? It needs to be brought out. This is something we don't talk about every day. So what does your self-talk feel like inside of your body? First thing, don't overthink it. Let's get some answers. We're almost done with the questions. 
But like I said, we're pulling out the answers from you. Katie, hi, sorry I'm late, no worries. No worries, I'm so glad you're here. You're never late, you're always on time. You can watch the other part later. Great, uh, these days, people who can master positive self-talk are, are thought to be more confident, motivated, and productive. Absolutely, that's why we're working on this today. All right, so what does it feel like? Write that down. And then now, we wanna ask, waiting for the answers, ladies. And then we're asking one more question. It was frustrating. Uh, it was frustrating and angry at first. Now it's calm and accepting myself a little more. That is beautiful. I love that, right? So the more we work on this, the more we can make whatever we choose the standard. And then if it kicks in, we can recognize it. We can catch it. We can acknowledge it. We can see, okay, is there something that I can do for this? Is there something that I can do about this? What am I trying to tell myself? What am I telling myself? At this time am i being responsive or am i being reactive so in a way you're gonna still be communicating with yourself because we always talk with ourselves but we're gonna change how we talk to ourselves okay so that's key so what does your negative self-talk feel like what does it feel like and the final question is <laughs> carrie you're so sweet <laughs> thank you so much so the final question is what is it creating and when I'm asking this question, I want you to think of it this way. What is it creating inside of me, my negative self-talk? What is it creating inside of me? But also, what is it creating outside of me? What is it creating externally? Because it, it does create on both ends. And I want you to understand that your self-talk is a force of creation. The words that you speak, even when they're internal, when they are linked to emotions, you're going to create something. And people often think of creation such as, well, I'm gonna create a new house, or I'm gonna create a new project. Yes, those, those are creations as well, but we create small things that are small things, that are huge things. So if you continue to, for example, create guilt, if you continue to create anger inside of you, then what you create on the outside is going to change as well, right? So you have a lot of power within you, and a lot of women are now willing to take on that. And they'd rather say, I feel this way because of this person, or I feel this way because of what's going on with the president, or I feel this way because of what's going on with the virus, right? So we use these external things as, a, as an excuse for what we're creating internally. This doesn't mean that we have to like everything that is going on, but the way that we internalize it is our own choice and our own power. I'm creating more confidence and be heard. I love that, I love that. What else are y'all creating, ladies? This is the last question. So the question before that was, what does it feel like? What does, what does your negative self-talk feel like? And the final question is, what is it creating inside of you and outside of you? And if you say, I, I don't know, you can simply ask yourself, what am I feeling majority of the time? Like, what is my standard? What is my set point? And majority of the time, what am I seeing out here? Broken relationships, arguments, or am I seeing a lot of beauty? Am I, am I, am I, am I seeing the things that I desire? Am I doing the things that I want to do? Okay, so that's what I'm talking about. New opportunities, that's beautiful, I love that. Okay, so y'all can continue to ponder on these questions even after you can take your journal and write, write your answers to each of these questions, but I wanted you to write them here. Why? Because when we type, when we write an action with 
learning, like alongside as we're learning, it gets to, it tends to get into our body in a different way. So I want you to write as much as possible as you're listening. Okay. Now, now we want to look at the originate, like the, the, where it originates from. Where does your negative self-talk originate from? And maybe you already know what it is for you. And if you do know, share it here, right? I'm going to talk about what it looks like for majority majority of people. And for majority of people, it originates, of course, from our childhoods. And it really originates, it originates from us feeling that we only receive love in one way or another. And for so many women, that looks like we receive love, we receive attention, we receive appreciation, we receive some type of acknowledgement when we do something. So give me a thumbs up or type me if you were raised in a performance-based household, meaning when you performed, when you, when you uh, created some type of results, you got a lot of attention, you got a lot of love, you got a lot of appreciation, you got a lot from your parents or your grandparents or your guardians. If that was the case, let me know. If you grew up in a, in a household where the love was unconditional, the chances, chances are you don't speak very negatively to yourself unless, unless outside of your household, meaning in school or anywhere else in the world where you were at, right? If you were shopping or if you were playing with your friends, you had some negative experiences. Maybe you got abused by someone else. Maybe you were bullied, right? So you had negative experiences outside of your household. That is, that can be the case too, right? So let me know what your reality was. My reality was that I, and this is the thing, we have to ask ourselves, we have to ask ourselves who we wanted love from, like the most. Was it from your mom, your dad, your, your granddad or your grandma, grandma? And did you get it? Did you get it? And I had a relationship with my mom that was really based on unconditional love, but I didn't care for it as much because I knew it was there. Like I knew my mom would always be there. I knew she would come and comfort me. I knew she would always be there and she would, whenever I needed her, she would be there and she would do more than enough. But I didn't get that from my dad. And because I knew what it looked like with my mom, I truly wanted it with my dad too. Number one for me, right? So performance-based, it's very, very common. And that also explains why we put a lot of pressure on ourselves as women and why when we don't achieve, we don't feel like we're worthy. We don't feel like we're deserving of love. So I wanted it from my dad too, but I didn't get it from him. But what I did notice was when I, when I got the best grades, when I had an amazing basketball game, I played basketball for a majority of my life. When I did that, or when someone else uplifted me or said that I was super smart or super intelligent or an amazing kid, it would light him up and he would brag on me. He would mostly brag on my accomplishments. And even to this day, he does it with me and my brother. And this is not throwing shade at my dad. I'm always using my dad for educational reasons. I am not bashing anyone when I'm talking about my own life. I just want to put that out there for those of you who are new in my world. 
when he does share about us, when he talks about us, it's always, oh my gosh, look at my son's body. He's been working on his body. Or my, my daughter just got a diploma. I'm so proud of her, okay? I had a lot of adult issues put on me as a child, right? So I want you to really see that, right? Because what tends to happen, because most of us are, and I don't wanna say most of us, but a lot of us are in like a, in a, in a, in a heavy state in our, inside of our bodies, it's not a lot of energy flowing there. We, we have this mood, we're irritable, irritable, or we're angry, or we're frustrated, or we're sad, right? And actually the way, the way, that, the, the way that we feel and our mood levels and the state of our body, like our physiology, affects what we remember. It affects our memory. It affects what we remember from the past. And it also affects how we remember the things that happen to us, right? And this is why I'm taking you on this journey so you can look at, look at where did this originate from? More so than remembering the times when you were abused, remembering the painful conversations or all the things that were done to you. I really want you to see, okay, so this is where it started. And even though all these horrible things were happening to me and like people were doing stuff to me, it's still me, it's still, I still had, the, the end say, like the, the, the last word. And my last word was usually you suck. You're not worthy, you're a piece of crap or whatever it may have been, right? Might have been. So we have to look at that. We have to look at that. So then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm receiving so much attention and so much love from my dad when I'm doing something. So I have to do more and more and more and more and more. And it was true. The more I did, the more praise I got. I felt so seen by my dad and I was so happy about that. But then what happened? Everything that is like, just like drugs, it has a huge spike, also has its downfall, right? It has a negative consequence as well. So I would be up here like full of ecstasy, so to speak. Dopamine receptors are working, I'm full of serotonin. But then if I wouldn't perform well, if I didn't do that well in school or in basketball, ooh, I started already because I was so disappointed with myself because I knew I wasn't gonna get the same affection and the same attention and the same love from my dad. So I would just tell myself, you're so bad, you suck, you're an idiot. And I would just say these mean things to myself because I was so disappointed in myself because I was really doing this and I really cared for this this much because I was ready to go home and get this acknowledgement from my dad. And I'm sharing this with you so you can look back on your life to see, okay, so why did you do what you did? And were you like me or did you do maybe the opposite? Did you fully protest that you didn't wanna do anything because you were so conscious as a child, right? <laughs> that you're like, I'm not gonna do that because that's the only time I'm getting something and, and I'm not even good at this, I'm not even gonna try, I'm just gonna give up and I'm just gonna be depressed instead. I already know my parents don't like me. I, don't, I already know this. Like, so check in with yourself to see what it was for you. Dawn said, my house was full of love, but dad still used negative talk when it came to school performance, not up to his standards. And I was bullied in school by most kids, right? School performance is a huge one. A huge one. So imagine... Imagine what that would do to your child or your grandchild if you knew that they had all this pressure, 
So they're experiencing this pressure from their parents or their guardians. And then they go to school and they have to be bullied there too. And I know how much it hurts because I was bullied as well. I was bullied as well. And I know it would have gone on for years unless, if, if, I know it would have gone on for years if I wouldn't have talked with my mom. I had such a good relationship with my mom because she cared more about knowing me and being my friend than to be someone that, oh, you have to respect me and all this stuff that parents come up with. I have to raise you this way or make you into this person. What's more important is that we develop a relationship because that's really what's missing. Kids don't have a relationship with their parents at home and then when they go to school, they play it out through their performance. Either they do not well at all or they do really good because they're trying to make up for some things, right? So everything is always a reflection of the relationship that we have with our parents, our guardians, and ourselves. And it affects the way we play it out and the way we show up in this world. Donna said childhood trauma, had to be an adult at 12 years of age. That's a lot. That's a lot for any human, a lot. And then we wonder why humans can't get along today, why we have wars, why we have two political parties acting like they're each other's worst enemies and want to tear each other apart and it's me against you like a little child not getting, not getting the candy and the other child is getting the candy and then he wants to attack the other child because he wants to or she wants the candy, uh, crying and asking mom or dad for help to get that candy because it needs to be mine, 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 right? So we start identifying with things when we get older, with organizations, we have with affiliations, whatever it may be, and we put our identity into these different uh, organizations or whatever it may be, because uh, now I somewhat feel like I belong. I feel like I'm someone, right? So that's something to consider. It's a lot. And it always plays out when we're adults. So the people that we elect are a reflection of us, What's going on in the world and how we are contaminating the world is a reflection of what's going on inside of us. Because nothing that's within, nothing that's outside can come out unless it's already within us. And this is why I say you can change the world by changing yourself. Because you changing yourself will affect the next person and then the next person and the next person. So if you affect three people and those people affect three people, it's a lot of freaking people and then it continues to exponentially grow, right? So it's really, really powerful. Not much praise when I was a child, mostly negative, right? No one cared if I did my schoolwork or not, right? So now we're like, I feel completely neglected. And that's what we talked about in the Neglect Wound Masterclass, right? How you feel about yourself today has everything to do with how you felt when you were a child unless you actually heal that. And even when you heal something, it can still creep up. And then we have to continue to work on it and work on it. This is why I say this is a never ending journey. You don't come here to this group or you don't come into my world, into my programs, into my coaching, because you're trying to get a quick fix for something that you're going on, that, that's going on in the moment. You want to be fulfilled. You want to commit to a lifetime of healing, right? That's one of my mantras that I say, like I am healing. I don't say I am healed. I am because there are so many layers to it and I don't look at healing as a thing that is negative. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing, but we try to rush because we're trying to get somewhere because that's what we're taught. 
achieve this, get that, get that. So we want to achieve healing too, like he, the heal, healed state. <laughs> Amazing how we can be connected to someone around the world. That is beautiful. I love it. All right now, now with that comes a lot, how your parents spoke to you, which we've already covered here a little bit. Then also how your parents were speaking to themselves. And you're like, I don't know how my parents spoke to themselves. I heard sometimes they cussed and whatnot. I don't really know what was going on internally, but based on the way that they were showing up around you, based on their actions, based on their energy, because a child is really good at this, really sensing someone's energy. I, uh, I met up with uh, one of my husband's old friends for, uh, I think it was about like four, four months ago, and she just had a baby and she was holding the baby and the baby, as soon as the baby saw me, she reached out her arms to me and was ready to leave her mom. And then she gave me her baby and she said, or she, she even before she said, like I could see she was like surprised and shocked. She was like, my baby never wants to be in anybody else's arms. This is the first time my baby wants to be in somebody else's arms. And I'm, I'm excited, but it's so shocking. And I'm like, to me, it's not shocking because I know. I know who I am, I know my energy levels, I know what's going on inside of here. And babies are really good and small children are very good at reading other people's energy. Just don't know how, they don't have the words to express it. So when you were a little girl, what did you notice about your parents? If you don't know how they spoke, maybe they were really quiet, what do you think was going on inside of their minds? And if you don't know that, you're gonna know how they felt about themselves because the way they felt about themselves had a huge impact on how you felt around them. So if you grew up with a lot of domestic violence, which I experienced domestic violence going on between my mom and dad on a mental and emotional level, that the goals inside of you. So now today I can easily look back on that and yeah, there was a lot of that going on. I heard a lot of that. I could feel a lot of that. And if we know and we sense that our parents are not happy, that they don't love themselves, that they don't feel good on the inside. What do you think that's gonna do to you? What picture does that paint? And as a child, remember this, that up until you're like eight, nine years old, you're mostly functioning on a subconscious level because you don't have any prior experience. So you're exploring, you're figuring the world out. You're getting programmed. So whatever your parents do or say to you, it's just gonna sink in. And whatever you feel, it's going to go inside of you as well. And then it plays out later in our lives. Because we're like, oh, why is all this going on? So I really want you to think about that. How did my parents feel about themselves? Or how did my guardians feel about themselves? And can that have any connection with the way that I feel about myself and therefore the way I speak to myself? Does that make sense? All right, let's see. You don't know what you don't know. I'm sure they were doing what they knew. Absolutely, and that is the case. They fought all the time. Even though this is beautiful, I have to get back to work. I look forward to watching the, last, the rest on replay. Thank you, it's my pleasure, Katie. I'm so glad you were able to tune on for a moment here with us. Shamila said, currently struggling with having my kids constantly seeing me down and beating myself for not being good enough. Yes, and that is a, such, a, such a powerful reason for doing this inner work too. 
right? Because you, you know what it's done to you. You know what it's done to you. And now you don't want to pass that on to your kids. Whether you want it, whether you like it or not, however you feel about yourself is going to be passed down to your kids. And this is not to bash you. This is not to blame you. And just like Donna said, they didn't know any better. That is true. And we're not doing this work and we're not talking about this because we're bashing our parents or our guardians. We're doing this to raise our awareness so we don't continue the same cycle. So we break it within ourselves. And then when we pass what we pass down and what we pass around to the people in our lives is not that because it's easy to just continue in the same cycle. It's easy to just continue that and be blind to what's happening, right? So we really, really, really need to dive super, super deep. Now, we also want to look at what kind of habits you had and how you felt about yourself. How did you feel about yourself as a child? feel happy most of the time, supported by your parents. I'm a true testament that things can change. Absolutely. I'm so proud of you, Carrie. Donna said I needed you 50 years ago. Oh, ladies, you're going to make me cry. Love you. <laughs> All right, so how did you feel about yourself when you were a little girl? <laughs> how did you feel about yourself? And has that changed? Do you feel any different today? Or is it about the same? Because I can tell you, prior to starting my journey, prior to deciding I've had enough, which was when I was, whew, when I was in university, I was in college, I had enough pain. It was enough. I, had, I was done with being sad all the time. I was done with being depressed. But up until then, I was feeling the same way I had been feeling my entire life. For most of the time yes I seemed happy on the outside everybody was coming to me for advice and life tips and whatnot right but on the inside I was suffering so it wasn't until I started changing the way I felt about myself and really got on this journey that I'm sharing with you ladies and that my whole career is based on and really my life's mission because this is not a career to me this is my heart and soul right it wasn't until then that things started changing and I started developing a new normal. So I want you to look at your life and ask yourself and really be truthful. Do I feel much different than I did when I was a little girl? And if I don't, okay, now I can really work on it. And if I do feel different, what are the things that have been helping me? What have I done for myself and what can I be proud of and what can I celebrate? right? Because I should be really proud of myself if I have changed my entire internal world. That's a powerful thing. Carrie said I was shy and now I'm so different. <laughs> so cool. Chantel said I was depressed and left out most of the time. I was unsupported by my family members. I felt unlovable. So common. So how do you feel today, Chantel? That's the question. Donna said, I felt like I was trash, unworthy. Everyone could see through me. Yes, I've changed so much. I have learned self-love and I know what it takes, that, what, that it takes constant work. That's so beautiful, Donna. I love that. You watch what changed my life. For everyone who doesn't know, Carrie's been working with me and my husband, and his name is Joshua. So she came up with this, <laughs> this name for us. So half mine and half his, basically. Yvashua, I love it. All right. Now, does it make sense? Does it make sense that 
you bringing awareness to your self-talk and you really getting to the root of where it originated is going to help you. And at least you're going to be hearing me in your head. Oh, I'm telling myself I suck. I'm unworthy. I'm a piece of trash. I'm never going to be able to be successful. I'm not worthy of money. I'm not worthy of success. You're going to hear me. You're going to remember this moment and you're going to ask yourself, who is this? Where is this coming from? Who does it sound like? Whom does it sound like? This is not me. All right. Let's either work on that or change our focus, change our physiology right now. And then we can go back to that. Sometimes, and this is what's tricky for some women. I love it. <laughs> love it. What's tricky for many women is that they don't know if they're suppressing or if they're suppressing something or if they're just simply transcending their emotions. Suppression is like, I have all of this going on inside of me and I know what's going on and this happened and this happened and this happened and I'm going to continue not to look at it even though I know I need to look at it because it's important that I look at it so I can work through it and do something about it. That's one thing. And then there's another thing to just feel, ugh, feel dull, feel sad or whatever. And you don't know what, what it is. And when you stay in that state, you're going to trigger memories from your childhood, specific childhood memories. Just like you're going to trigger specific memories, childhood memories when you're happy. So if you're in a great state now and you close your eyes and I tell you to smile and I ask you to think about the best childhood memory you've ever had, it's going to be easy to come up with it, right? But if you're truly sad and I said, come up and I, I don't even say happy childhood memory. I say, think about a childhood memory. You're probably going to remember a very painful time especially if you're in that state. So if you, we feel dull, sad, or depressed, or anxious for whatever reason, our body is our vessel. Our body is, our, is, is the key to changing the way we feel because the way we be inside of our body controls our brain, what it triggers. So you're like, I'm sad because of all of this that happened, but many times you're sad because of your body your physiology, your entire physiology, the way you're allowing oxygen to come in, your posture, right? How you're holding yourself up, the way you're expressing yourself with your body, that triggers specific memories. And when you understand that, you're like, okay, so every day when I get up, I gotta make sure like I'm dancing, I'm moving my body, I'm fixing my body in such way that I'm, I'm calling in beauty, I'm calling in things that are gonna empower me while I'm working through my trauma, right? So this is not suppression. This is not neglecting. This is you working with your body as you're healing. And the more you work with your body, you're gonna realize that we're really healing by utilizing our body, by being in our body and allowing that to come in and allowing that to come through and then expressing it out of us, right? Through dance, through writing, journaling, right? Being really active with our body. We have to utilize our bodies, okay? So does that, does that all make sense? Because we're moving on to a different section now. So let me know if that makes sense. I was always happy as a child when I played sports. That's awesome, yeah. And, 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 to, and to really understand this even more, it's like when you remember that childhood memory when you were really happy, you were fully engaged into something. You were not in your head. You were not thinking. You were, you were being you. You were playing. You were dancing. You were laughing, you were talking with loved ones, you were immersed, like immersed in that experience, whatever it was. 
And the truth is, it's the same today. It has not changed. Excuse me. When you're fully engaged doing the things that you love today, is because you're you, because you're present, you're not thinking, you're having fun, you're playing, or you're loving on someone, and you just be. You're not doing anything. Everything that you eventually do, I'm getting goosebumps because it's true, everything that you eventually do just becomes an expression of you. It takes no effort, it's effortless, it just comes through you. You're like, okay, I know the answer. Okay, I know what to do. So this is why the work that I do with my clients, I don't tell them what to do. I help them connect more with themselves. They're like, oh, why didn't I think of this before? Because it's not about thinking. It's about being and connecting back with yourself because you have been thinking your whole life. But when we have a bunch of negative self thought, self when we have a bunch of negative self thought, so, oh my gosh, I can't say the word. When we have a bunch of negative self talk, we don't feel worthy. We don't feel loved. We don't feel appreciated. We feel like we're never gonna be good enough then all we're gonna do is live in our head. And we're gonna take away our opportunity to create with the very life force, the energy, the life, the, the, the source of it all, which will you call it God, universe, source, whatever you wanna call it, that is in you, that goes through you, that creates through you. You take away your connection from it, and then you're like, huh, I guess God doesn't want me to have a better life. It's not true. I guess I can't have that. I, can't, I guess I can't get that. That's not true either. But if you're not connected with the very thing that created you, right? Which you have inside of you as well. You can connect from the outside in, right? And you can charge yourself and you can, you can utilize it and extend it beyond you. If you don't connect with that, you're going to feel like this is nothing because you're in your head. You don't connect with the highest source of energy, if you are depleted, you're stressed, you're worried, you're constantly speaking negatively to yourself, right? So it's our job to change the way we feel about ourselves so we can start connecting with that, with that power, right? Wow, I used to, uh, I used to, I used dancing to escape when I was young and still do to this day. I zone out and let go. Yes, that's powerful. Dancing helps a lot and this is why I'm saying it's not about just dancing and not doing any work because everything comes back when you don't dance, right? So we want to be healing actively and working through the things that don't feel good majority of the time, the things that haunt us, the ghosts, whatever we wanna call it, right? The things that live inside of our minds, we wanna work on that and use, utilize effective tools to, be, to release those emotions. So that's very, very powerful. Hi, Joy, how are you? I'm a bit late or I watched a replay. Awesome, so happy. Sure it does. Awesome. Puts me in a good mood. Yes. So it's so important. It's so important because what happens is when we're sad, when we don't feel good, we're going to like cram up and we're just going to lay down. You're meant to move your body. And if you have a lot of suppressed emotions in your body, which your emotions get stuck in your body and you don't release them, they're going to manifest in some type of physical symptom. This is why people get sick. This is why people develop illnesses and different diseases. It's just what it is. It's scientifically proven today, right? And you can do your own research on that. Donna said, I use CrossFit and baking for others. It's beautiful, absolutely. All right, so awesome. Now we wanna move on, take a deep breath, change your state, do something crazy with your body, okay? Whatever you wanna do. Or say, woohoo, or something and reground yourself because we're moving on to a different section and I think you're gonna really like this. 
And if you have the negative self-talk workbook, you've already heard of the heard about this or you've already worked through it, but we're going to talk about it now. So you're probably going to learn some new things. So always have, always have an open mind. We tend to say, I already know that. I already know that. I already know that. If we have heard it before, no, you, you've heard of it and you may understand it, but you don't know it. When we know something, we implement it. When we know something, we be it. When we know something, we do it. When we know something, we experience it. So a lot of people with a lot of intellectual knowledge today, which is the only thing we praise, but that only gets us so far and it's more concerned with memorizing things. That's not what we're about here. What we're about here is implementation, integration, transformation, embodying the things that we're learning. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you, ladies. Thank you for recommending the book. I'm so glad you like it. All right. So now we're going to talk about the four, four types, four types of self-talks is what I like to call them. Or you can call them the four ways of speaking to yourself, whatever, whatever sits with you. But the four types of self-talk, we're going to break them down. And I want you to be like, mm, I want you not to be in your mind too much. I just want you to feel like, is this, does this resonate? Is this the way I operate? Okay. Yes. And let's be honest with ourselves, right? This is not, like I said, it's not supposed to be pain-free. It's not supposed to be super easy. It's supposed to be something you bring into the surface. It's supposed to be the truth. So then we can work through it and start changing it. So the number one type is the blamer. That's the first and write it out here, please ladies. So you can also, when you go back and watch the video, you're going to have all the answers. So the number one type is the blamer the blamer and maybe you know right away yeah that's me even before i describe it <laughs> or maybe you sh you're like oh i think i know what that is that's fine too but the first type is the blamer and this this person is really blaming circumstances and people in her life and the reason why i'm saying this too is because a lot of people think the negative self-talk is only like, oh, I suck. I'm a horrible person. I'm never going to be good enough. Negative self-talk is also subtle. And I know Carrie knows this because I shared this in Soulful Self-Love when she was in it. It's sometimes subtle and we barely recognize that it's not empowering. So when you're blaming other people or circumstances, it can also be in a subtle way. You may not say it's her fault or this happened because of that, right? I can't believe that she did that. That's why my life is this way. Make sure to type it out. Oh, number one, blamer. Please, someone write it here. It can also be like just an internal acceptance. It doesn't have to be loud in your head. It could just be like, well, it just is what it is. Okay, I'm accepting it. And then if something happens and someone asks us, why are you in that situation? Oh, it's because that person took all my money. Or it's because that happened or that happened or that happened or that happened. And we don't say it's because of my reaction to what happened. We don't say that. This person doesn't say that. The blamer doesn't say that. I'm still not seeing the blamer here. <laughs> Can we type it? Number one, blamer. We want to type all of them out. Okay. So if you recognize yourself in this type, feel free to say, yes, me. When we own things, when we acknowledge what's going on, when we take full ownership, that's when we also can change. 
All right, so the first one is that one, the blamer. It can also sound like, oh, if, um, yeah, it's, it's usually it's her fault or it's his fault, it's their fault, it's because of, and then if this wouldn't have happened then, those type of statements, right? Blamer, thank you, Don. appreciate that. <laughs> okay, the second one is the comparer. The comparer is like, I am not like her. I am not smart like her. I could never be like that person. They like her, so they're not gonna like me. And the comparer also falls under the victim category, right? So someone is always better than you. You're always comparing yourself with someone or something, or you're comparing yourself, and this is a one that is mm, tough to swallow for many women. You may be comparing yourself and victimizing yourself because you're living in the past, so you're comparing yourself with who you used to be or how you used to look, right? I used to be skinny. I used to be uh, more fit, or I, I used to be uh, more... I used to be younger, I used to be so happy, I used to be this, I used to be that, right? So we compare ourselves and we victimize ourselves in this very moment because we're living somewhere else. So the comparer and the victim falls under the same category because if you always compare yourself to someone, and this is also when you fall into the imposter syndrome, which we're gonna talk about on the third day, if that's all you do, then you become a victim. Because how can you be a victor? How can you succeed in life if you're constantly comparing yourself to someone else? Or if you're constantly comparing this situation with the other situation? Like, this is what a lot of people do. This is something I used to do too. <laughs> I got it from my dad. So we pick up things we like and we pick up things that we don't like. I got a lot of good things from my dad too. But if someone would say something, then he would be like, oh yeah, th th it, no, that's like me saying this. So I used to do that. <laughs> When I first started this journey in the beginning, I still had some residue of that and I would do that sometimes to people Someone would say, tell me something and I would say, uh, yeah, it's kind of like this. No, it's kind of like what they're saying Because we're too mind-oriented. We're too much in our intellect. We think that this is all there is like this is the only intelligence No, there's a lot of intelligence in your body. There's a lot of intelligence by you just being there's a lot of other intelligence that we're not connecting with. We're always in our heads, right? So comparing yourself with other people, comparing situations, comparing maybe financial statuses, comparing titles, that's common too. Oh, you're just, uh, you're just a registered nurse and I'm the director of nurse, whatever it may be, right? We compare ourselves and whether we do it out loud or not, it doesn't matter, it's the self-talk, right? So let me know if you resonate with this one. And then um, that also becomes the, um, the victim. Like, oh, I, how, how am I gonna gather enough strength and en enough power to be the best version of myself if I'm constantly comparing myself, right? And what happens many times with this victim slash comparer is that this person often turns into a people pleaser. So give me a thumbs up or like a heart or something if you're a people pleaser, if you're a bin one. This is where it stems from oftentimes. Of course, it originates in trauma, but then trauma controls the way we communicate with ourselves and then what we do. 
So if I'm like, I'm not good enough, I'm a victim, I'm always comparing myself and I'm like stuck in my life, I'm gonna try to please other people so I can feel somewhat significant because I don't feel significant on my own. But the dangerous thing about that is if we're, if we're people pleasing, we're really doing that because we're wanting something in return. And that very thing that we can't give to ourselves, that very thing that we don't see without doing something for someone else, we do something and then we expect something in return. So a lot of recovering people pleasers or whatever you wanna say, they will be like, oh my gosh, I did so much for all these people and they, they never did anything back to me, for me. And my husband said yesterday on Clubhouse, it was very profound, he said having expectations is very, very dangerous. You cannot do something for someone expecting something in return because we're talking about do women have too high of expectations when they date? And they were like, oh, we don't agree with that. And he was like, why? And they said, no, I don't know. Well, just tell us why. He was like, it's like you are, <laughs> you are a child and then you're giving your, I don't remember exactly what he said, but the, the, the message behind it is powerful. So it's like you're a child and you're giving your toy to someone, to, to another child, and then you don't get anything back from the child and you throw a tantrum or you throw a fit and then you go running to your parents and you cry, oh my gosh, I didn't get a toy back. That's what it turns into. A lot of people do this in relationships. I do something because I want something in return and I'm telling myself I'm doing this because I love this person or because this is the right thing to do or because my religion tells me to do this. But deep down, there's an underlying intention. Definitely a people pleaser. I'm a people pleaser. I'm so glad. And thank you ladies for acknowledging this. I know it's not the easiest thing to do. And it's so brave and it's so bold and it's so powerful when we can actually acknowledge what is because that's when we can work through it, right? So people pleasing has something beneath it. You don't feel good enough. You're comparing yourself too much and you want to stand out. This is why in college, for example, I don't know if you, you ladies noticed, but there are some girls or some teenagers or young women, whatever you would call people in college, women, young women that buy a lot of stuff for guys. They buy a lot, they'll do anything, they run their errands, they wash their clothes, all of the above, yeah. They'll do anything. All they want like is an inch of attention or affection, something, because they don't feel good enough. So if you feel like you are a people pleaser, and actually let's reframe, reframe the way you say that. I have willingly become a giver more than a taker and it makes me happy, that's beautiful, yeah. So as long as we are coming from pure intentions like i don't have even no intentions like i don't have an intention i just want to give i'm not trying to please you i'm not doing this so you can do something back for me and this can be a hard thing sometimes because you're like well i don't know when i'm doing it you have to start becoming more aware in the moments when you're doing something for someone you have to breathe you have to pause and you have to ask yourself why am i really doing this do i have any underlying intention for doing this be honest with yourself. And if it really is, I really want something from this person, you have to stop, don't do it, and go and do it for yourself. And then when you fill yourself up, go ahead and serve. It's the most beautiful thing in the world to serve and to give, but not from a depleted place because I'm wanting something. 
It's like if I was going into all the jails, jail facilities and the prisons and the girls and boys group homes and the, uh, and the juvenile detention centers and the halfway houses that I go into with my husband and I was not actively working on myself at, all, at the same time, then eventually I'm going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm so drained. What, I, I, I don't have this or I don't have that in life. And uh, why has God, the universe, not, you know, done anything for me? I've been doing all these things, right? So we always have to ask ourselves, am I operating from a pure heart and soul? And I don't have any underlying attentions. And it's going to it's gonna it's gonna like fill me up because I already have a lot inside of me if we don't have it inside of us then we're gonna get depleted and then eventually we're gonna blame those people or that circumstance for why we feel the way we feel when it has nothing to do with that so does that difference make sense okay Giving for the right reason brings happiness and joy. Yes, absolutely. Don said, I stopped giving to those who took advantage of my time. Yes, you have to make time for yourself. Absolutely. Right, so that would fall under the category of the comparer and the victim, right? If we feel like a victim, and when I say a victim, this is not, oh, poor victim. This is, oh my gosh, it's not like that. It's just that you have unconsciously been victimizing yourself. You've been allowing your power to be stripped away from you. You've given away your power. And it's time to start taking that power back. So it starts with trauma. And then it goes into your thoughts and your feelings, the things that you feel. And then you speak to yourself and you get into a state. And you're in this state and you have this mood. And eventually it becomes your personality. So that's why it's so important to work on the trauma as we're working on the way that we're moving our body at the same time. Your body can heal on its, on its own, but you control how you feel in here by the things that you're thinking up here. So it's connected. It's really connected. All right, so number one, blamer. Number two, the comparer and the uh, victim. Number three is, and write it out, that's the judge or the hater, whichever one you prefer. I like both, so I wrote them down, both of them down. The judge and or the hater. And this was me. So we're acknowledging things. This was me. And if I'm really honest, I could find myself in all of these. So if you're really honest, can you find yourself at least a little bit of your past self or a little bit of your current self in these types? Thank you, Don. With that being said, the judge or the hater is like, she imposes punishments. It's like, you did that, that was horrible. Now you're not gonna get to play, for example. And if you used to be punished by your parents, you're probably gonna punish yourself in a similar way. And when we put too much pressure on ourselves, when we're too painful, like when it's too painful and we're so mean to ourselves, right? I saw that mean girl too. Eventually it hurts too much and then we're gonna turn to different outlets distractions substances to take that pain away in this very moment because it hurts too bad we don't care about what that's going to do long term because we just want to get rid of that pain don said absolutely right so this was my main one. Oh, you suck i can't believe you only score 10 points oh you're never going to be a successful basketball player you know i played on all levels but the wmba and i probably could have if i really didn't have all the pain that i had but anyway most of the time, we were really mean to ourselves 
and we hated on ourselves in areas that we were really successful in. And I asked myself, myself just like to play around with it. I'm like, how, how successful would I have been in the past if I knew the power of our mind, the power of my mind? and my thoughts, and my self-talk, and my energy, and my body language, all the things we never learn, right? Until now. <laughs> Freaking powerful, right? So it's, it's, it's my responsibility, right? Responsibility actually means our ability to respond. It's my responsibility to share this with the world because I didn't know this and it hurt so freaking bad my, my whole life and I cannot have it that way. And I know when I impact you, when you learn something that you're gonna share that and the next person gonna share it and it's, it's just gonna be a ripple effect. Carrie said, I find at least one thing to celebrate about myself every day. Yes, I love that, that's key. Awesome, so that's the judge and the hater. Let me know if you recognize yourself in that one. And then the final one is the complainer. And the complainer, you may say, oh, this is the same as a blamer. Not exactly, but yes, they go a little bit hand in hand. All of these go hand in hand. Because if you are, if, 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 if you're constantly complaining, like, this is not good, this is not good, you're gonna wanna find a reason, then you're gonna start blaming someone. And then eventually when that calms down, you're gonna be like, this is really about me, I don't like myself, I suck. You go to the blamer, right? If you recognize the cycle. Yeah. I'm the only one that feels this way. And you turn yourself into a victim. So it's really a cycle. If we're really honest with ourselves, this can go in a cycle. We switch states. We switch the way we speak to ourselves. Okay? And the complainer is all about, <laughs> and Carrie's going to really uh, recognize this one too. The complainer utilizes should a lot. And should, if you know me at all, it's a word that I want you to cross out. I want you to cross out from your vocabulary. Nothing should be any, uh, nothing should be. It should not be anything but what it is. It should not be any other way than the way it is. No one should be any other way than the way they are right now. Of course, everybody can change. Of course, everybody can transform, but that's not your responsibility to try to change someone. You change someone. We can actually change other people when we change ourselves, even if they don't want to change at this very moment. Because if you consistently stay in your lane, if you continue to do this work and you make it all about your growth, or your spiritual awakening, your commitment to yourself, what that's going to do inside of you, that is going to influence other people. And even if they don't change for years, eventually when they have enough, when they've had enough and they're ready to change or transform, they're going to remember you. They're going to remember you and they may reach out to you. But you're so concerned with that this person should be here and my life should be this way. And I can't believe this happened because it should have really gone this way. This meeting should have been this way. You're really setting yourself up for failure and you're not doing the world any service at all. And this is the most challenging part. When people get on this journey, we become more aware, not only of ourselves, but everyone else. And so what happens is a lot of people fall into this trap of when we start seeing what other people are doing to themselves or what they're doing to the world, we wanna fix all of that. Oh my gosh, 
It says my storage is full, so this video may interrupt as well. If it does, I'm gonna come back and we're gonna do a part three, right? Because I, I can't just end here. <laughs> so, are you sometimes complaining? And we all are sometimes, right? But is that your, your regular talk? Is that the main way you speak to yourself? Okay, so the complainer. So the, the quickest thing to remove that is to work on Xing out the should and work on your acceptance. We have a lot of resistance. And Sadhguru says the only reason why you're suffering, meaning the only reason why you're not happy is because you think that life should be different from the way it is. You think that life should be different. You think that this situation should be different than it is. That creates suffering. When you think that your partner should respond to you a certain type of way, she, she should have said that, he should have said that, or your child, I can't believe he did that, he should have said this, or she, he should have done that, right? Your grandchild, doesn't matter. That creates pain inside of you versus accepting that this is the way they express themselves. I don't have to like it, but I don't have to make it a big deal either. And I'm gonna figure out what's the best way to go about this. Courtney said that's 100% me, right? I said, great. Great to acknowledge that. Great to take ownership. That's how we change. So what people do, they create this suffering inside of themselves and because they don't like what the person did because they should have done it any other, some, some other way, they become extremely reactive. So have all this built up and that's not fair to the next person. How, how is someone gonna feel ex safe to express themselves around you if you have these expectations, right? So now we're getting to the end and this is all about me asking you, what needs to happen What needs to happen for you to change the way you speak to yourself? What comes up? Like after everything we've talked about today, what needs to happen for you to change the way you speak to yourself? And it could be one thing, it could be two things. You don't have to write a whole freaking paragraph. You can just say a word, two words, three words, one sentence, something that comes to mind. What needs to happen in order for me to change the way I speak to myself. And recognize here, all of you howers, I used to be a hower as well, and what a hower is, a person who always asks the question, how, how do I do this? How is not a thing that we use too much in my world, and then not a thing we should be using much when it comes to healing or self-love at all, and let me tell you why, because we don't know the how. We don't know a how. We don't know the how until we get there, whatever the there is, right? So you, you say, how do I love myself? I'm gonna give you a few hows some that I implement in my life, but I want you also to understand that you know what you can do inside of you, and once you've done it enough, you can tell someone, this is how I did it, right? You never see anybody talk about hows until you, they have gotten through it. You're never going to hear me talk about me loving myself until I actually learned how to do it. I just did a, 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 a training on how to love yourself recently. I do programs about things that I've been working on, that I have been embodying, that I work on mastering myself. And I also say I'm still working on it, but I've done it enough that I know how I've done it, but I didn't know what, how I did it while I was doing it. Okay, and when you say, how do I do this? You give all your power away because if someone doesn't have the answer for you, 
because the answers are really inside of you. And that's asking what needs to happen or what can I do? That's it. What can I do or what needs to happen? You hold on to your power and then you start feeling more powerful because you're the one creating all these different solutions for yourself, right? It's different than building an email list. We're building an email list. We know how to put in the name. You have, this is how you do it. You put in the first name, you put in the last name. If you want the last name, I only have first name for my subscribers. And then you type in the email and then you add to your list. That's how you do it, right? But how do you heal? How do you love yourself? Huh, it's different for a lot of people. Although I teach all of my clients how to heal and love themselves, that looks different for all of their lives because they're unique. Different things work for them, like for each person. So I just share the things that really worked for me and my clients and you get to see if that resonates with you. Courtney said, but acceptance seems uh, deficit. No, defeatist. Defi okay, how to reach for more without beating ourselves up for what we haven't done or failed at. Haha, <laughs> never mind, you're getting to it. Oh, okay, so did I answer your question? Let me know because I can expand on it if you want me to. Uh, Don said, recognizing when you are doing the self-talk, stop and change it. Practice makes it easier. Yes, practice makes it come easier. Absolutely. Everything we need is within us. Absolutely. So the key, the reason why we want to accept it is because we're, we're taking ownership. Acceptance doesn't mean we like something. Acceptance doesn't mean we have to like it. Like, I'm accepting that... Facebook is probably going to kick me off this live. I don't like that, but I'm accepting it. And since I am accepting it, I'm not going to have an emotional reaction to it. It's like, oh, maybe all the women are not going to come back on this live. Oh, now I have to restart and do an, another video. It's going to be three videos. Who's really going to watch all the three videos? No, like no stories are going to be created because I accept that that's what it is. And it's outside of my control. Everything that you have done in your life so far, and a lot of the things you did, that you did were unconscious, you've already done them. So you cannot change what you've done. You cannot change who you've been. You can change who you are right now, but to change who you are right now, you have to accept this past version of yourself because if you're not accepting her, if you're not accepting the way you've been, then how are you gonna change it? Because you're not owning it. And nothing that we don't own, we can change. If I don't acknowledge that I'm in pain and I want help and I'm suffering, and this is the way it is, I'm accepting it. Acceptance is really about being present with what it is and not saying that it should be, should be any other way. I accept it. I don't have to love it. Like uh, my birthmark here, I used to hate when I was a little girl. I even forget that I have it because it's so common to me. And when I was hating it, it created acceptance to what is means it is what it is. It's outside of my control. I'm accepting it because that's what does me some good, right? If I'm not accepting it, then I'm not going to be able to change it. We can't fight something and change it. It's like we can't win. We can't stop the war by fighting it with more war. Does that make sense? I called that one. Yeah, I did. Let me know if that makes sense, Courtney. So if you have negative self-talk, you don't fight it with more negative self-talk. You, you fight it, you, you overcome it by accepting it. The reason why we have so much chaos in this world 
is because everything is anti. Everybody's anti something. We're anti racists. We're anti Trump. We're anti Biden. We're anti uh, abortion. We're anti this. We're anti that. We're anti uh, old people getting this. We're, uh, we're anti everything. Anti anything. We're anti eating meat. We're anti being meat. Like that puts you in a state of. There's a lot of scarcity and I don't like it and I'm not accepting it. And that generates feelings you don't enjoy inside of your body. It doesn't do anything to anyone else. And that affects the way you show up as a human. Acceptance has helped my life move forward. That's beautiful. Absolutely. We have to accept ourselves. We have to accept that things are the way they are. When we start being that, that way and we start being pro Pro, pro, I'm pro this, I'm pro health, I'm pro for this president, I'm pro this president, or I'm, I'm pro the world being more green, I'm pro, not anti the opposite. Whatever you focus on, this is some good nuggets for you, whatever you focus on, even if you say you're against it, that's what you get more of. That's what you get more of. You hate seeing suffering, you're anti people suffering, and you're so anti that, that's gonna create a lot of rage, it's gonna create a lot of anger, that's what it's gonna, your brain is going to pick out. A part of your brain is gonna focus on that more. Just like when you buy a certain, certain car, a white car or something, you start seeing white cars. So it's called the reticular activate system or something like that, it's a part in your brain that starts filtering out so you can focus more on that. Say, I'm anti-war. All you're going to be seeing is that. I'm anti this. All you're going to be seeing is that. And those are the type of emotions you generate in your body. That's the way you show up in society. And what kind of impact are you going to have on other people if you really want to be a person who serves? So we need to work on focusing more on the things that we want. And still accept that other people may not agree with us. And that's okay. We don't have to convince them. We walk the truth. We walk our life. And if they choose something else, it's their choice. Who are we to tell them what they should choose and what they should focus on? But we're anti each other and we start fighting and being mean to each other. Like, what the heck? Like, worse than little kids, to be honest. I just watch it here on the internet. If people are not fighting about who's the president, they're fighting about corona. If they're not fighting about corona and if we should wear a mask or not, we're fighting about... Uh, who's making more money than the other person is always against something. Someone is against this and the next person is against that. And it creates horrible sensations within each person's body, which affects that person's mood and state, which affects the way that person be and the way a person is, so she acts. That's why I say you have the power to change the world. You do. Okay. Now, what have you come up with for yourself? So what needs to happen for you to change the way you speak to yourself? I want you to come up with some of your own tips. Now, if you have a lot more questions, save them, and I'm going to answer them on the clubhouse on Thursday. I've gone over way longer than I thought I would, but I also said I didn't know how long I was going to talk today, so it's fine. And I'm so happy that some of you have stayed on and with me the entire time. Okay. Share what you have come up with. And if you don't come up with it right away, you can write it a little later or journal it later. So here are some of my tips for you, how to work on your self-talk, the house. So the number one thing, the number one thing is to win the first and the last hour of your day. And you probably heard me talk a lot about that 
before and you probably heard a lot of other people say that reason being is because whatever comes in whatever filters through your mind at that time because you're in an alpha state it's more like hypnotic it's good for meditation and to absorb information that you really like so if you jump on your phone right away and you see something someone who's anti something that you're pro for or whatever right this is why i'm not like good or bad or for or against because it doesn't work it just puts us in a reactive state then you're probably going to activate some negative self-talk first thing in the morning so make sure you get yourself together the first hour put away your phone do some prayer do some meditation listen to music whatever fills you up okay you want to do that in the morning and also the same thing when you go to sleep because it's the same uh, way it works this is why you usually see the news in the morning and later at night because they know that they know what it does to your brain so they want to program you with all this negative information because that's all they're that's all they're showing right and they want to make sure it's in your in your mind okay so you can see the truth now the second thing is to do more of what you love when you do what you love, just like we talked about, when you were a little child and you truly, truly loved and enjoyed yourself, you were not in your head. And the same goes for you being an adult. So the more you do what you love, the less you're going to be sitting with this negative self-talk, right? If you're like, oh, I want to do this, but I'm not going to know. Yeah, just move into what you would love to do. And you may say, well, I am procrastinating or I'm, I am self-sabotaging and all of that oh you gotta get some guidance for that that's just as plain as i can put it if you don't know how to get how to move forward to do what you really love to do you have to get some guidance otherwise you'll be stuck living a miserable life right and no none of us want that curious i wear a rubber band around my wrist when negative self-talk comes in i snap it i remember that. that's super powerful so that's a great tip from carrie that anybody can uh use now, so do more of what you love. Now, focus more. We've talked a little bit about that. Serving and appreciating, but serving from a place of zero expectations. We don't want expectations. We can have internal boundaries, which we're not talking about today. Yoga helps me. Absolutely, yoga helps me too. We have these boundaries, right? So it's not that we're just going to serve everyone and we're going to do stuff for people who don't appreciate, like who are really mean to us or whatever. But we're serving from a selfless place. And the more you love yourself, the more selfless you become. People think it's the opposite. It's really, it's really not. <laughs> well, the more you love yourself, the self more selfless you become because you're so filled up with all this love and all this joy and all this passion, right? So focus more on serving and appreciating. And then we want to stop people pleasing because the more we people please, the more talk is going to go on in our head. Like, oh, I did that for that person. I wonder if they love me or what I have to do next. So yeah, we want to work on that. And then... We want to imagine what we desire. Imagine what we desire. Disconnect and focus on what you truly, truly want, what you truly, truly desire. And we talked about this just before I got kicked off, right? That we, most of the time, and be honest with yourself, most of the time, do you truly focus on what you want to create in your life and who you want to be and how you want to feel? Or do you just focus on all the things you don't want? All the things you don't want. When you close your eyes, do you still, still see all the things you don't want? When you close your eyes, do you feel, see, and sense, and smell all the things that you do want? So the only reality there is, is really our imagination. Because it's with it that we manifest things. Everything you're seeing now has been created through your ima ima imagination and other people's imaginations. 
if you want to change your life, you've got to really change what's going on when you close your eyes, okay? Karis, I'm going to visit Glenn tomorrow with no expectations. I love that. No expectations and just be, just be present and see what it does to you. Now, it's really all about healing and reprogramming the way we do things, okay? As you can tell throughout this masterclass, I haven't told you that you have to do a lot of new things. It's not about that because we're doing too much to ourselves. So the self-love journey, the healing journey is really removing the things and the identities and the personalities and the moods and all the things that are no longer serving us, okay? And we can do that the more aware we become, the more conscious we become of what we've been doing to ourselves. When we accept, okay, this is what I've been doing, but I don't like it, so I'm going to change it. And when I change something, especially in this area that we're talking about, it's really about removing the layers of the onion, like share with Donna and some beautiful ladies a while back, removing the layers of the onion, getting closer to the core, because the real you is hidden inside. Like it's the tiny, like the little piece inside of the onion looks like really you. And all these other layers are like the protection, the, the shield, whatever you have created around you. That's what we need to remove. Remove, 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 right? Less adding, more removing. Make sense? That's what we want to do. So win the first and the last hour, do more of what you love, activate your imagination, focus on the things that you want, stop people pleasing and focus more on serving and appreciating, right? Uh, appreciating more of what you have. Remove expectations, stop saying should. And the final thing I wanna leave you with, with those of you who said I am a people pleaser, I don't want, to, I don't want you to put anything behind I am other than what you wanna create or who you wanna be. With that being said, you may say, oh, uh, but that, that I am that. No, you are not. You're not that. And you're not, a, you, are, you are not an addict. You are not a horrible person. You are not even a, you're not anything that you don't want to be. It's not you. It's a habit you've had. It's something you've been doing. So if you want to say it, and another way is to say it is, I have been people-pleasing. Not even say, I have been a people-pleaser. You can say, I have been people-pleasing. And you can even say it for many years if you want to do that. But to take away the I am. After the word I am, right? We don't want to put anything else but what we want to create. Everything that you've been putting behind I am has really been what's been keeping you captive in your life. I am not worthy, that's how you feel. I am a smoker, that's who you've been. I am an addict, that's who you continue to be. I am a bad mother, that's how you feel and that's how you be. What you believe about yourself is really who you be in this world. So I encourage you to take away, yes, Carrie said no labels, to remove the labels. And you can still say what you've been doing because it's an act. It's something you've been doing. But to remove the I am from there. I have been smoking for many years. That's fine. Or I have been feeling unworthy for many years. Or I still feel unworthy. You can accept that you feel that way. But don't imprison yourself and say, I am that. Okay? So that's the final tip for today.
All right, this is definitely one of the longest master classes I've done. So how do you feel, ladies? How do you feel now after our three videos <laughs> that we were able to knock out? <laughs> three videos. How do you feel? Drink some water. I just want to hear how you feel before we jump off here because that's very important. Anybody want to share? Or you're like, oh, I don't have anything to say. I just feel hmm? <laughs> wonderful. I feel fantastic and fabulous. Wonderful. A lot to take in. Absolutely. Thank you. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure, ladies. Thank you so much for being here with me, for listening, for taking, for taking ownership, acknowledging so many different things and the wonderful ideas you've come up with yourself, that you have come up with yourself so i am excited for tomorrow i can't wait to see you then we're going to talk about irritability when we get irritated with other people or situations and things like that so it's really going to go hand in hand so thank you for being here with me and i'll see you tomorrow Mwah. bye bye